Thank you, Chuck, for that performance. And we're going to be hearing another song from him following the sermon tonight. We're going to continue our exposition of the uh, Ten Commandments. Tonight we're looking at the Fifth Commandment. But before we open up our scripture passages, will you pray with me and ask that the Lord would bless this time together. Heavenly Father, may you bless the sermon tonight. May it be applicable to our lives. May it be something that points us to Christ. Help us, Lord, uh, to know the importance of a life of gratitude in terms of honoring our father and mother, honoring our parents, honoring those who are in authority. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We have two Old Testament scripture passages. Of course, we continue to read Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through 17. As we read through the commandments tonight, please keep in mind that we are looking at the fifth commandment, which is verse 12. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 through 17. Verse 12 is the commandment we're looking at tonight. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant, or maidservant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We're also going to be looking at Exodus chapter 21, verses 15 and 17, which are applications of the fifth commandment in terms of laws given in the, for the Israelite people. Exodus chapter 21, verse 15 states, Anyone who attacks his father or his mother must be put to death. And verse 17, anyone who curses his father and must, mother must be put to death. This, of course, informs us that um, the breaking of the fifth commandment, honor of father and mother, in terms of attacking or killing or cursing one's parents, is the death penalty. New Testament scripture tonight is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 11.
To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. That's the reading of God's word. May he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. We're also looking at Lord's Day 39 in the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 39 in the Heidelberg Catechism. In the section on gratitude, how should we now live in light of the salvation we've received in Jesus Christ? And in the exposition of the Ten Commandments, we are at the Fifth Commandment. What is God's will for us in the Fifth Commandment? That I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me, that I obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct and punish me, and also that I be patient with their failings, for through them God chooses to rule us. That's the teaching of the Catechism. I can't think of... uh, a more applicable um, commandment to consider with what we're facing in our, um, in our days and uh, what we're seeing and watch happen in the news um, in cities like Portland and uh, in Chicago and others like it. it uh, it's the revelation of a disease that's going on in our culture. And so that's why I titled my sermon tonight, Honor in a Culture of Dishonor. Honor in a Culture of Dishonor. Uh, I could give you many examples of uh, a culture of dishonor. And um, I could go on and on with illustrations about that, but I've chosen one, and, uh, and I hope that you can grasp from this one its application to any number of situations going on in our, in our country and our society right now. Eric Raymer, back in April 28, 2017, wrote an op-ed in the Washington Examiner, um, and it was about the movement, the movement called Not My President. 
the Not My President movement. Now, what I want you to understand when I'm bringing this illustration forward is that this is not a uh, uh, support of one way or another of Donald Trump, our president. This is not me signing on saying that I'm going to vote for him in November and that everyone else should as well. This is simply a statement about a culture of dishonor. He wrote, almost immediately after Election Day 2016, a movement representing itself with the slogan, Not My President, sprang up and spread across the country. While it was a subset of the overall resistance efforts against now President Donald Trump, it based itself on the shocking sentiment that somehow Trump was not, as the phrase so simply puts it, legitimately their president. The Not My President movement has survived and grown since then, holding frequent and regular protests across the country, as well as at major events such as the inauguration, denouncing and emphasizing again how they believe President Trump is somehow different from all the presidents that have gone before. Their influence is already being felt as a March University of Chicago poll showed 57% of young people believe Trump is an illegitimate president. However, the fact is that President Trump won on November 8th, and is the 45th president of the United States and of all Americans, no matter who we voted for, our approval of him or our political beliefs. We didn't even have to go through a Supreme Court case or a tense recount, despite Jill Stein's haphazard efforts last year, like we did in 2000. The Not My President movement nonetheless continues with the outrageous and dangerous notion that President Trump is somehow less than a legitimately sanctioned president. Not only is this sentiment extraordinarily disrespectful to the leader of our nation, it sets a dangerous political precedent that all Americans should be hesitant to encourage. That's not my words, that's the words of Eric Raymer, who said that the Not My President movement is an outrageous and dangerous notion that sets a dangerous political precedent. The reasoning behind this is because when one undercuts authority like this, when undercuts a position or the office like the Not My President movement has done, like the many ways in which the presidency of Trump has been undermined with all the many ways that can be possibly done to do so, right or wrong, sets a precedent for um, not valuing the office of president. And uh, what I'm saying is that the people who support the Not My President movement should not be shocked if the person they want to be in the office of president, ends up there, and there's a lack of respect or reverence for the office itself, regardless of who is in it. And you might be asking, what does this have to do with the fifth commandment? Honor your father and mother that things may go well with you in the land the Lord your God has given you. And hopefully as we Look at our sermon tonight as we examine the catechism. You'll see why the Not My President movement is an expression of a culture of dishonor and how we're called as Christians to be those who honor in a culture of dishonor. So 
Our theme tonight, God calls us to obey and honor all an ordained authority. And I think it's important that we understand the concept of ordained authority because we're told in the scriptures, particularly Romans 13, that uh, nobody is placed in a position of authority without the sovereign will or decree of God. But anyone who is in a, a position of authority is in that position because God determined it would be so. So those who um, say, not my president, are actually... Um, they are undermining the ordained uh, nature of the elected official uh, president of the United States. And this is true. It means that whether someone is in the office of president that you like, or whether someone is in the office of president that you don't like, that office is still worthy of respect and dignity and honor, and that office is an office whose position is held by someone who's sovereignly been placed there by God. God calls us to honor and obey all in ordained authority. We got four points tonight. It's basis. It's beginning. It's blessing. And its boundaries. Its basis, its beginning, its blessing, and its boundaries. So let's look at that first point. Okay? Its basis, its beginning, its blessing, and its boundaries. The first point is its basis. Exodus chapter 20 tells us about the commandment given to the people of God. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord, the Lord your God has given you. Its basis is very simple. The basis for the fifth commandment is found... In God. All basis of honor and authority, um, all basis of hierarchical structures, all basis for the understanding that in a household there are parents and there are children, and children are to honor and respect and obey their parents, is found in God. Basis is in God, He is the Creator. We are the creation, or a better term for us would be creatures. And just like so many other things that are so important to us and so necessary for us to understand, and so many problems would be alleviated if we look to it, Genesis chapter 1 tells us about this distinction that is so important to the concept of honor and authority. 
God created man in his own image. In his own image, he created us, male and female, he created us, and he placed us in the garden. And there's a couple of interesting things that we learn when we look at that Genesis story. We're told something very interesting. When God created the woman, we read, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother... And be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. So many of us read this, and we don't think about this. We don't really understand this. But who were Adam and Eve's father and mother? They didn't have a father and mother like we have a father and mother, did they? In fact, Eve is called Eve because she is the mother of all mankind. So, you could say in a very real sense, the first parent-child relationship is the relationship between the man and the woman in the Garden of Eden and between God himself. And therefore the basis, the ground, for all other understandings of honor and authority given to those who are above us or over us is rooted in this very reality, the creator-creature distinction, the parent and child distinction. Its basis is found in God. And I really probably could have grouped together the two points, its basis and its beginning, and, calm, and, and, and speaking to you about this because it looks like I got ahead of myself a little bit and went ahead to that point. So we're going to say this is point one and point two, its basis and beginning. Its basis and its beginning, its basis is in God and its beginning is in the garden. And we could say that the entire reason that this world has fallen into the fallen condition and state it is in is because the obedience that God commanded of his children made in his image, Adam and Eve, in the garden to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they didn't keep. They disobeyed. And so if we look at the fifth commandment in this sense, if we look at the fifth commandment in, in terms of the garden, right? The fifth commandment in terms of the garden. The fifth commandment in terms of the garden, it, does, it makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? When, when Exodus 20 comes around and it says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Why? Because in the beginning, it's beginning... God was due all honor. God was the one who was in authority over Adam and Eve. And they disobeyed that authority and plunged all of humanity into the fall, into the curse that we're in right now. And so, when you honor your father and your mother, you're actually reversing the curse. You're living in accordance 
with God's intention for creation. Honor your father and your mother. And that's why when we look forward, right, to not the first Adam, but the second Adam, Jesus Christ, there's so much conversation about him doing exactly what his father's will was, right? Him obeying his father perfectly, even, even expressions of him obeying his earthly parents properly. He is keeping the fifth commandment in our place. He is the second Adam. He is the one who is imaging God perfectly. He is the one who is being obedient unlike the first Adam. And it's at that juncture that I want to turn to the blessing. Because remember, we often think of the commandments in the sense of negative, right? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But what's interesting about the third commandment is that it is actually a positive command. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. There is a blessing connected to the fifth commandment. And it's a blessing, what I talked about, a reversal of the curse. A reversal of what the disobedience of our first parents brought upon us. And this reversal of the curse is found ultimately in Christ's perfect honoring. in the culture of dishonor. And this blessing we find in being in Christ, the one who obeyed the fifth commandment perfectly, it's a blessing because we no longer have held against us our sins, which the death penalty, what are the wages of sin? The wages of sin are death. The death penalty is what we deserve for our inability to perfectly honor and obey our parents. And I'm telling you, this is, this, is so, uh, this is so important because so many people look at the Old Testament and they look at these statues, they look at these laws that say, oh, if I disobey my parents, I deserve to be stoned to death. And they see that as an outrage. They see that as way too hard. They see that as way too far, going way too far. But when now we're living in a culture of dishonor and we see the death and the destruction and the chaos and the anarchy and the brokenness and the, and the destruction of property and lives and the violence, that's what you get in a culture of, of dishonor. That's what happens in a culture of dishonor. That's what happens in a culture where people no longer respect law enforcement officers. That's what happens in a culture when people say, I don't care if he's the president, he's not my president. That's what happens in a culture when older people are looked down upon and we say things like, okay, boomer. That's what happens in a culture like that. It's a disease that rots out of society and loses all sense of law and order. 
And this is why as the Israelites were going into the promised land, they were told that it's important that you hold in high favor the honor of parents and those in authority because it starts in the home. It starts in the little mini structure that we are given, the the nuclear family. A lot of people don't like the nuclear family in our day and age, but Honor is taught, is learned in the nuclear family. Honor is taught when you don't let children talk back to you. And if you don't, treat, if you don't teach your children to not talk back to you in your home, how do you think they're going to ever respect and honor God, their creator? Think about that. Because all a nuclear family is teaching is the small-scale level of what God calls us to give him honor for the one who is in authority over our lives. There's a blessing. This is the section on gratitude. Remember, we're not focusing only upon the negative aspects of the commandment. We're saying there's a blessing attached to obeying the fifth commandment Lord's Day 39 says that I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me. That I obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct and punish me. And the blessing given in the fifth commandment is that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. And its application in Ephesians chapter 6 in the new commandment is even strengthened. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Remember, some people think that the, the Ten Commandments aren't applicable anymore. Listen, this is, a, this is a instruction to you, children, to all of us, from his word in the New Testament. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That you may enjoy long life on the earth. Its blessing is found in Jesus Christ, primarily knowing that he was the one who honored his father in a culture of dishonor. God is father perfectly. It's a blessing that we receive through him, but it's also a blessing that we receive when we walk that out. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be those who bring honor to all those in ordained authority over us, those who bring honor in a culture of dishonor. Who speak up and say, hey, maybe you don't like the president, but the office should be respected. Who speak up and say, hey, it's not okay to talk about older people like that. They're people too, made in the image of God, and they have long lives, and they have a lot to teach us. First Peter chapter 5 gives this instruction to the church. Elders, this is the way you're called to live. But he also says, young men, don't look down on those who are older than you. The church should be a place where people are learning a culture of honor as opposed to the world, which is a culture of dishonor. The church should be a place where we're teaching that, yes, 
We are called to honor the emperor, as Peter says in 1 Peter. The church should be a place when, yes, we are called to honor those in the governing authorities over us, as Paul instructs in Romans 13. And we, uh, we're not entirely sure, but it's, 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 uh, it's very likely that Paul wrote Romans 13 during the time of Nero the emperor, who was crucifying Christians and burning them at the stake. There is blessing. There is blessing in living a life that honors, loves, and is loyal to the people God has put in our life that first taught us honor, first taught us what it means to have those in authority over us, our father and our mother, but also all those in authority over us, whether it be elders in the church, whether it be Pastors, whether it be um, mayors, governing officials, and yes, believe it or not, even presidents that you don't like. That I obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct and punish me. And also that I be patient with their failings. Because what the fifth commandment is not saying is that all those in authority are perfect and make no mistakes. That they're without sin and are always correct. But we're patient with their failings. For through them God chooses to rule us. And before you think that this is just simply a broad stroke um, acceptance of all those who are in authority over us and that we are supposed to just blindly do whatever it is that they ask us to do, I want to lastly end with this point. It's boundaries. I think it is, maybe seems straightforward to say it in this way, but the fifth commandment ends when those who are in authority over us ask us to disobey God, our ultimate authority. Remember what I said? Its basis, the fifth commandment's basis, is in God, the creator creature distinction. Is the sound not working? When did it go out? Can you unplug it and plug it back in? You're always welcome to tell me if it does that. Is the sound working now? Tell us if it's working now, if anybody's watching. How about now? Tell us if it's working now. Anybody? Comment and tell us if the sound is working. Oh, is it not connecting to the Mevo? Is that what's happening? Last time it did that, the sound stopped too. So, 
Yeah. If it doesn't, then I'll take it up there and Yep, yeah, just uh Got it. Tell us if the sound's working now. Got the sound going? All right, you never know when's going to happen, but we got it working again. So, hey, tell me where we left off. We can do a little bit of a rewind. The last five minutes, okay, well. Okay, good. Uh, where was I? That doesn't happen very often in a sermon, does it? Um, I was talking about its blessing. Did you guys hear all that, or did you get cut off at some point? Let me know in the comments. <laughs> Point three, it's blessing. Okay, thank you. The blessing of the fifth commandment is found in Christ. Christ being the one who obeyed the fifth commandment perfectly, who honored his Father in heaven perfectly, who obeyed his will perfectly, and then died on the cross for our sins of not obeying the, the fifth commandment the way we should have. Deserving the death penalty. The wages of sin is death. The, deserving the death penalty for our breaking of the fifth commandment. But it's also found in our life of thankfulness and gratitude. For those who have been placed over us. Those whom God has given to us to rule over us. Starting with those in our home. Our father and our mother. And our grandparents but also those who are outside of our home, those who are in authority over us. There is a blessing in living the simple life, a peaceable life, as long as you can be at peace with others. There is a blessing in treating with honor and respect those who are in authority. It's a blessing of a long life. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, it's the blessing living long in the land the Lord your God has given you. It's a blessing of a peaceable society where law and order thrives, where the preaching of the gospel can go forth. It's a blessing of the reversal of the curse brought on by our first parents' disobedience of God the Father. And as I was saying... Lest anyone think that what I am communicating to you tonight is some blanket statement that all those who are in authority must be obeyed, that we cannot um, uh, disobey them in any sense, that we must all be like sheep and simply do exactly what they say or ask of us, there is a boundary to the fifth commandment. 
And because, if you remember me saying that the basis of the fifth commandment is found in God and the creator-creature distinction, all the fifth commandment calls us to do is to honor and obey all, all those in authority over us unless they call us or they ask us or they demand us or they command us to disobey God. And it is in those circumstances when our parents ask us to do something that God has commanded us not to. It's in those situations when our governing authorities ask us to do something that God has commanded us not to. Or tell us that we can't do something that God has commanded us to do. That we must then go back to the basis, to the origin, to the foundation of the fifth commandment. And that is to obey God and God first and foremost. We are to obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct and punish us and be patient with their failings knowing that we're all sinners. Um, I, tell, I, would, I think I would, should remind my children this all the time. Be patient with my failings. Be patient with my failings. Be patient with my failings. For through them, God chooses to rule us. Remember, ordained authority. What does that mean besides that God chooses to rule us? Yet there are times and there are seasons and there are moments all over the word of God when the people of God, not with disrespect, not with hatred, but with the attitude that says, we desire to honor you and your position and your authority, we mean no disrespect, but we must obey God rather than men. And who embrace the consequences of whatever may come for rooting their understanding of the fifth commandment ultimately, ultimately, in God. So remember what I said the illustration at the beginning, the Not My President movement continues with the outrageous and dangerous notion that President Trump is somehow less than legitimately sanctioned president. Not only is this sentiment extraordinarily disrespectful, this was written in 2017, by the way. I don't think things have gotten better. It sets a dangerous political precedent that all Americans should be hesitant to encourage. Christians, let me ask you, you're in Christ. You've been forgiven of your breaking of the fifth commandment. You're called in gratitude to live out the fifth commandment now. My call to you is to be those who create a culture of honor in a culture of dishonor. So no, we will be people who honor our elders. We will be people who teach our young people to honor those who are older than them, to honor those who are in positions of authority, whether in the church or in the government outside the church. And the first and foremost way that we can begin to do that is in our homes. As parents, understanding that when our children disobey us, 
and we ask for them to honor us and respect us, it's not because we think that we are ultimately deserving of that, but because we know that that creates a culture of honor. Because we know that that creates in the heart of our children a disposition towards understanding the God who created them and who is over them and who calls them to obedience. And because it points them ultimately to Jesus Christ, the Son who was perfectly obedient to His Father, even to death on a cross for us. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank You for all that You've done. And we pray, Lord, that we would know the importance of the fifth commandment in our life of thankfulness and gratitude for the salvation that we've received in Jesus Christ. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going